Hello, everybody, and welcome to Toddler Purgatory. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Molly. What up? It's Blair. And today we are talking about, oh, lying. I mean, straight up fibbing. Fibbing. Whoppers. Now, non-truths. <laughs> I grew up in Rhode Island. I knew what the word fib meant or fibbing. At least in my family or in my circles, it really wasn't used a lot. Mm-hmm. It almost sounded like a word I read about in a book, like it wasn't real. And or it was like not old fashioned at all. It's old fashioned. I think it's old fashioned. It feels fictional or yeah, that kind of thing. And now staying living here in Pennsylvania, I've been hearing it a lot more. And Blair, correct me if I'm wrong or just tell me your experience. Fibbing feels to me like a little white lie mm-hmm. as opposed to lying, which is like intentional telling of a non-truth. Well, I think that that's like, I mean, where do you hear it? Is it mostly with like parents and people of young children that are saying fibbing? Yeah, that's why. Because in my research, I noticed that there's a new kind of like wokeness to the idea of lying versus fibbing. And young kids are fibbers. They like to tell fibs. Whereas like lying is like an actual not good thing. Whereas like intentionally, like intentionally not telling the truth is, you know, it's not a good thing. All of it, lying, fibbing, all of it, good news, is developmentally normal. What about for 48-year-olds? Well, well, you know, it all depends. It all depends. Because every now and then, I like to toss a little lie in myself. Mommy, what are you doing? I'm very busy. You can't come in here. I am so utterly busy that there's no time for anybody except for myself for the next two and a half hours. What am I doing? That's a good long time. Scrolling, eating a bag of chips, and living my damn life alone. Also for me, sometimes it's simply that I need to close the door and I say, I'm using the restroom. I need some privacy, which as we all know is code for going number two. But I'm not going number two. I'm trying out that new lipstick I got on Clarence at Marshall's. That's right, girl. You better let them know. <laughs> sometimes you just need some time to like try out a blue mascara. Because you saw it on Instagram and it seemed like a good idea. <laughs> and then you put it on and you're like, wait a minute, blue ain't my color. <laughs> exactly. Also, I'm not 19. <laughs> Outside of my body, I am in my heart. Always, always. Oh, me too, me too. Forever 31, that's me. See, that's the problem with fibbing slash lying is that sometimes it does make your life a little bit easier. And I think you're right, like saying that you need some time to yourself in whatever way you need to me would be on a scale of fib to lie, a fib, because it's not hurting anyone. Mm -hmm. It's judging your day a little bit so you can get three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, or in your case, two and a half hours to yourself. (laughs) So, but that's interesting. So you're seeing that, you know, this sort of new modern aspect or uh, the way that people look at lying is kind of on a scale. That's what it sounds like to me. Well, it's also because like being called a liar and telling a child that they are a liar is kind of like, calling them a bully or calling them a bad person or, you know, so it's like, it's the language that's changing and rightfully so, right? You know, you don't want to label a kid a liar. Yeah. That's not nice. But if you're telling the fib, it's separating behavior from the personal being. Yeah, that makes sense. Rather than, so we have to be careful not to, oh, it's sort of like what we talk about, discipline the behavior, not the kid or it's not discipline, but the action. Yeah, sometimes your kid can be an a-hole, but they're not an a-hole. They're just behaving like right that. They're just behaving like, an like a beep. Same thing. And listen to this. Most children, zero to five, are not savvy enough for active manipulation. 
In other words, they dumb. I'm pretty sure that didn't come from the article you read. <laughs> I was like, how do I how do I interpret that? Mm, oh yeah, they're dumb. Yes, that comes from the Blair.com article. <laughs> <laughs> how I see it. Yeah, they're just like zero to five is like they're figuring things out, right? And most of the time, in most of the research, they said the number one reason why kids zero to five, and actually not even zero, but like, you know, one to five. Speaking, yeah. Lie is because they want to see our reaction. <gasps> so true. And it's like their cognitive like synapses are like, oh, 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 okay. This is okay. Okay. Oh, I see what, oh, I see what mommy's doing. Oh, dad doesn't like that, you know, or whoops. It's all, it's just seeing what our reaction is. And young kids might lie to see what happens. And kids who feel bad about themselves might lie to seem cooler. And depressed or anxious kids might lie because they don't want others to worry. Oh, that's interesting. Yep. And then some kids with ADHD just talk before they think. Right. That's me. Impulse control. Yeah. (laughs) Impulse control. Yeah, totally. It's so sweet and so sad. Depressed or anxious kids might lie because they don't want others to worry. Oh, but it's also, you know what, though, Molly, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, God, depressed or anxious kids. Heartbreaking. But it's also like it can also be like on a really small scale, too, like of being anxious and depressed. You know what I mean? Like in that moment. Yes. Yes. In that moment. Right. 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 And they know what. But it's so such a sweet. I don't know. There's something kind or empathetic or something like the fact that these kids are so young. They're, yes. they're truly just figuring out what empathy is, how to be empathetic. Yes. And the fact that they are aware enough of other people's feelings that they don't want other people to worry about them when they're feeling depressed or anxious or sad or whatnot is so sweet to me. But it's also like, oh, buddy. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and as heartbreaking as it is and as much as it sucks, it's actually a really great sign that they're learning empathy and that they're understand right i mean yeah it's all part you know it's all part of like the growing up bit Ugh, that tough <laughs> that, i think that's probably one of the toughest parts of a parent is like seeing them like learn like the tough bits of life yes seeing them smile through pain yeah oh i don't like it i really don't like it but i know it's necessary i would have to say my son just turned six and i would say The times that he fibbed until quite recently, which I'll get into in a second, (laughs) were definitely fell under what you just said of young kids might lie to see what happens. Yeah. Because it did feel like he was like leaving a penny on a train track and then backing up behind the tree to see what happens. He's sort of like, (laughs) I'm going to leave this here and then watch, see how it What would happen. And I'd be like, wait a second. You know, and often it was like, an outrageous lie of some kind. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, not hurting anybody. But of course, obviously, the little kids who fib with like, I didn't eat that cupcake and the blue frosting is covering their face. <laughs> See, they're dummies. <laughs> <laughs> the proof is in the frosting. You know, dum dum. The proof is all over your mouth. Come on now. Oh, gosh. I just saw a video this morning, some ticker tucker video, what have you, where a little kid was maybe, maybe two years old because you can see her face really close up. So it was kind of hard to tell. But she she picked up her mom's phone and it's just like the bottom half of her face, then quickly the top half. And you can see the background <laughs> moving. Oh, yeah. You, I, you said that to me. <laughs> so funny. Oh, my gosh. She's like, Sophia, did you take my phone? No. No. You put down that phone. And, and then you, she put that. And she's like, yeah, it's, it's 
the most adorable thing. It gave me a good chuckle this morning, by the way, Molly. Thank you. You're welcome. We send each other funny things. <laughs> I sent you the one the other day where they were using the filter and the little girl had like big wide open cartoon eyes and she's like, Mama, what <laughs> Mama, what happened to my eyes? And her father's like, her dying laughing. Dying laughing. Listen, they bring endless amounts of fun. Of fun, those children of ours. In endless amounts of entertainment through their fibs and whoppers, in fact. Yeah. My son does this thing where he stopped doing it, but he used to like, you know, tell little fibs. And then as soon as like he caught my eye of like, come on now, he'd be like, I'm just kidding, mom. I was just telling a joke. Oh, yeah, it was a joke. I was joking. I was just joking, mom. Did I get you? I was just tricking you. I got you. I got you. I tricked you good. And I'm like, mm-hmm. You're like, I got you. I got you because I know zero to five-year-olds ain't that savvy and you dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so now my kid who just turned six. So what we're dealing with now, and it's not even that big of a deal, but he is starting to figure out, I don't know how to say this. It's not manipulation, although it probably is to a certain extent, but Sometimes our biggest challenge, it feels little, but y'all, you know how it's cumulative. It's a thousand tiny cuts. Every time he goes to the bathroom, I have to bring down the hammer when it comes to washing his hands. Why? I don't know why. So one time he leaves the bathroom and I just think I didn't have it in me to like ask if he washes hands. He says yes, like the whole back and forth. And then I have to drag him kicking and screaming back to the bathroom to wash his hands, even though I'm trying to make it fun and we'll do it together. And blah, blah. So, the you know, once or twice I might have said, hey, do you wash your hands? And he went, yep, and doesn't look me in the eyes. And I go, <laughs> and I try to do that thing, which is like a little bit, I wouldn't call it passive aggressive. I'd call it like some kind of reverse psychology. And I said, bud, did you wash your hands? And he said, yep, without looking me in the eyes. And I, uh -huh. and y'all, I just didn't have it in me. I was like, okay. That's when I laid it in. I go, okay. I'm like, I trust you. I trust you. Tell me if you didn't. And he just went about his business because why? It worked. And so recently I've been like, oh, I don't think he's doing it. Darn it. I have to go back to actually policing it. I don't understand. Like, I don't know how to make sure he knows how important it is. And I tell him during calm moments and I use, you know, I, I really tell him, I'm like, listen, when you wash your hands after you go to the bathroom, it isn't just because you might get pee on them. I'm like, it's because it's the time in the day when you get to wash your hands. He will see the dirt and markers and glue and glitter streaming off his hands, you know, on a cascade of bubbles into the sink. And I'll go, oh my gosh, how awesome. Look at what a good job you did washing your hands. Look at all the germs and dirt and, you know, art supplies coming off your hands. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? And he'll be like, yeah. And the next time, he can literally have glue dripping off his fingers. And he's like, yep, sure did wash my hands. Washed him. Washed him. Mama, that's not glue, it's soap. You know, like, he just like goes, I'm like, what is happening right now? And so <laughs> in the last two days, he's come out of the bathroom and I've been like, hey, did you wash your hands? He's like, yep. And I go, did you? And he goes, mama, trust me. Oh, he's hitting you with the trust me. Because he heard it from me. I say, I trust you. So now he's using it in my face. <laughs> so he's like, trust me, you can trust me. And I go, and I used to do this thing, which my friend Kate did, Kate, who's been on our show, where she would go, let me smell your hands. Because she knows that they have like, you know, good, you know, hand soap that has fragrance in it or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I do that sometimes. And then in this time, I just, I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of smelling, asking to smell his hands. I'm sick of fighting about it, you know? And so he's like, well, trust me. And I go, okay, I'm going to go in the bathroom to go to the bathroom. And when I turn the water on, if it's the first water that that sink has seen 
since you got home from school. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to trust you again. Do you see what I'm saying? You have to build trust. You have to earn trust. So now it's a whole trust conversation. Anyway, I've gone on too long. <laughs> Clearly, it's chapping my hide. Clearly, it's chapping my hide. It's chapping that hide. But I did the thing where I got down at his level and said, okay, look me in the eyes. And I'm like, if you're fibbing, now's your last chance. I'm trying to use the word fib so that he knows it's like not a big deal, even though it's a big deal. And if you're fibbing, now's your last chance. And he can't help but smile, which is so helpful. It's so helpful when, <laughs> when he's lying and he can't help but smile. I'm like, eh, gotcha. <laughs> And he tries not to look me in the eyes. We watched the movie Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs the other day. And they had this really funny scene where the young kid couldn't look his dad in the eye to tell him the truth. And his eyeballs were rolling around in his head in order to not look his dad in the eyes. And so my son kind of does that. He like looks away and can't help but smile. And I'm like, come on, let's just go wash him, you know. And no, and it's the biggest fight. And <sighs> fine, we'll do an episode just on washing hands. Fine. <laughs> Apologies, everybody. Clearly, it's making me crazy. What do I do, Blair? Listen, I, you know, as you know, I am the battle axe of the family. I'm not patient. A lot of times I'm not nice. Oh. And, <laughs> and I'm just like, wash your hands. Go wash. I know you didn't wash your hands. Go wash your hands. And do they pitch a fit? No, because I don't let them. How can you not let them? Because I'm a little bit mean. I'll be honest. I'm a little bit mean. I'm just like... You're not getting away with that behavior. You cannot act that way. I'm just asking you to clean your hands so that you can keep the family and yourself safe. If you don't want to, then you go sit in your room. There's, I'm outnumbered. Listen, we've had this conversation, right? A lot of times I am outnumbered. Right. And I'm also a Libra Capricorn rising. Okay. My cup runneth over in full stream very quickly. Right. And... I get overwhelmed so easily mm -hmm. that I have to, that I'm just really like kind of a meanie. And I wouldn't say that my kids are necessarily scared of me, but they don't want to see real mean mom come out. Right. So maybe they are a little scared. And maybe that's not necessarily always a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I try to keep it in control, you know? Try not to be. I explain myself way more than I used to, but I feel like, I don't know, sometimes I just got to play the bad guy and I don't, I'm not, I'm okay with that. I don't know if it's a bad guy either. I mean, maybe it is, but like, I feel like it's mostly my challenge. We uh, have also talked about this before is that like, I set the boundary, but if I said to my son, if you don't like it, go to your room, he'd be like, sweet. Cause <laughs> he loves his room. <laughs> right. So like, I think my consequences may be could be more sharply defined. Totally. As opposed to like, and we don't fight about it. Like I'm not raising my voice or anything. I'm just like, no, we, let's go. We're going in. Like it's a non-negotiable, but I don't have like scary consequences for him to fear. Right, 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 right. Which right, I think right. is a like we always say, parenting is so, all about the balance. Like I don't think your kids need to fear you. No. But they should know that if they don't do something that needs to happen, it's going to have a consequence that they don't like. Right. And this is the thing too. And I've talked to you about this. I am the one in my family. I am the parent who is like consistent with the punishments. Right. So if I say you can't go somewhere, you're not going. I rarely back down. So I think that my kids know that too. They're like, oh no, she means what she Right, does. right. <laughs> she's like, don't, don't make her bring that one out because she's going to stick to it. When we get back, we're going to talk more about fibbing versus lying. Why do they do it? And how can we all work together to make it stop? How to make our home a bastion of truthfulness. 
Stick around. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, we're back. How do we get our kids to be truthful in the moment? So first of all, we got to figure out why do they be lying? Why do they be lying? Why do they fit? Why are they, t- they telling these whoppers? Like I mentioned before, they're testing out new behavior to get a rise or reaction out of us, right? Yes. Sometimes it's to gain self-esteem, approval, or attention. Mm-hmm. And that could be from us. That could be from, you know, their friends. I mean, think about, I mean, kind of sort of think about the times that just like as an adult, we may stress just truth for these reasons. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Also, I mean, this also pertains to adults to get the focus off of themselves. They don't like the feeling and they want out. Yeah, I didn't eat it. I didn't eat the cookie. No way. Why is everybody looking at me? Meanwhile, as it travels down, <laughs> meanwhile, as the crumbs dangle from my mouth <laughs> and that chocolate chip gooey goodness is drizzling down my gullet. <laughs> yep. If I just keep denying it, maybe she'll stop asking me about it. She'll stop. She'll stop. She'll stop. So yeah, they don't like the feeling they want out. Well, they don't want to worry us. Yeah. Right. Which is like big and small, right? Sometimes the way that I am, like I'm frustrated, I'm tired, and my kids will just like tell me a little fibber just because they don't want me to like worry. They don't want me to like get on hot mom train. And I'm not talking about like looking good. Also, as mentioned before, sometimes, and this is this can be with kids with uh, like ADHD, learning disabilities kind of thing, is that they speak before they think. They just like blurt it out, just impulsive lying, fibbing. I got this all from uh, an article on The Child Mind, Why Kids Lie. And uh, there's also this part of fibbing for kids that they really believe that they did do something simply because they're not paying attention in the moment. And when they get asked about something, they just give the answer that whomever's asking, they just give the answer that they're looking for, whomever's looking for, right? Because they truthfully, like they could pass a lie detector test because they truly think. Exactly. Because they just like, did you wash your hands? Yeah. But they got completely sidetracked. You know, kids do that. It's like, go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom, wash your hands. What happens? 10 minutes later, hands aren't washed, but the toys are everywhere, right? There's toilet paper everywhere. You know, it's like, then you look at them like, did you wash your hands? Like, yeah. Yeah. 
because they knew that they went to the bathroom to do something. It didn't happen. It was something happened in there. Washing hands. Sure. That's it. Ding, ding, mom. You got it, right? (laughs) Right. And then another reason why they may lie is to be polite and protect others. And that from the child mind articles is learned. They see us doing that. Oh, that makes sense. Because they're dumb and they don't really care about our feelings sometimes. So they see us protecting other people and they're like, oh, all right. Okay. All right. I can't tell grandma that her cookies are terrible because that would hurt her feelings. So I'll just say that they're good. Do you feel like that's an interesting thing because that is like a social grace sort of like a social juge? Yeah. And so I wonder if it's easy or hard for them to like know when that applies. Because on the one hand, we are trying to give a sense of ease to our conversations or make sure we don't hurt someone's feelings. But we want to make sure that they know. You know what? How could they know? They're one to five years old. Like, yeah, they have to, right? Yeah, I think they just test it out. It's like they'll see they see us doing it and they're like, all right. And then when they're in a situation that they think is applicable, they're like, all right, let me see if this works. Like when you want to be honest with your friend. Absolutely. And tell them, you know, that the jumpsuit with the dropped crotch, the crotch is too dropped, but they love it. And so it's like you want to make them feel good. I mean, that's an adult problem. Oh, lying is complicated to me. It's so many shades, so many gradients. It's hard. And so you can imagine how hard it is for kids. Mm -hmm. We want to teach them the value of honesty, especially in our home. Of course. It's so important for us all to be telling each other the truth. But they see the social judging that happens and the little things here and there. Yes. Yes. And it's a, it must be like a lifelong journey to learn when to do that, when not to do that. And all we can do is guide them the best we can. Yes. Kang Lee says, the good news, lying reaches its peak. Ready? At around 10 or 11 years old. Okay. So we're just on the beginning of our journey. Great. Thanks, Blair. That's it. Yeah, no problem. As kids mature, Lee suspects that they're increasingly aware of the morality of lying, Mm. even as they become more adept at it. So after 12 or 13 years of age, teenagers are more honest about their transgressions. Listen, then it becomes a whole nother thing, Mm -hmm. right? But I think to your point of what you were saying, like, how do they know? I think what, you know, Dr. Lee is saying here is that by 10 or 11, they figure it out. Yeah, And then it becomes their own thing where they're able to adapt to their own personality and how they're, you know, telling the truth in this world, you know. Yeah, it's the right thing to do. So what can we do about these teeny tiny little fibber whoppers? One thing is that like, number one, don't call your kid a liar or corner them and be like, I know you're not telling me the truth. Did you or did you not order the code red? <laughs> you can't handle the truth. That is such a good scene. So I understand the first part. Don't call your kid a liar because we don't want to brand them as a person. Yes, yes, yes. Who lies as opposed to I don't like your behavior, the, the lie itself, which is a single instance, right? Or corner them about said lie. Well, there's one thing, um, Dr. Carol Brady She is a clinical psychologist as well. And this is from that Child Mind article. And she says she does this thing called truth checks, which is kind of what you said you do, is you say, okay, listen, I know that you didn't wash your hands. I can tell. I'm going to walk away and I'm going to give you 10 minutes 
maybe not 10, maybe like three minutes. I give you three minutes to think about it. And when I come back, maybe you might want to tell me what you really did. And then we can figure out what to do. So she says a truth check. So just like, you know, she didn't say how many times you check that truth. (laughs) I mean, I'm like tops two, you know. I'm not walking away all day long and coming back till we get to the the heart of this. You know what I mean? (laughs) Exhausting. But yeah, she says do truth checks. And then also be really clear about your expectations around not telling the truth with the whole family. Oh, that's good. Right. So no one's like pitting against each other. You know, well, mom said or, you know, dad's. We all know this is like the rules of the house. You got to tell the truth. And these are the repercussions if you don't tell the truth. I really like that. I like truth checks. I'm super into. I'm definitely going to do that. And being really clear. We talk about this on the pod, right? When we're not in a high ten- intensity situation, yeah, <laughs> setting up those expectations. Maybe it's over dinner or dessert or a time when we're all sitting in the car and we can be chatting about it without the pressure of somebody just told us. Yes, that. exactly. Exactly. That's really good because that's something we haven't done yet because this is actually kind of new in our house, this idea of using fibs to get out of doing something you don't want to do. So I feel like that's an interesting thing for family meeting or for sitting around the table during dinner and chatting it up. I love that. Be really clear from the get-go. That's great. From the jump, yeah. Just set up house rules and let them know that like, if you don't tell the truth, this is what's going to happen. And it's also letting them know how not telling the truth affects not only themselves, but the people around them. Yes. Yes. And it is that thing about, like I was saying, about, mama, you can trust me. Will you build trust by telling the truth, right? That would be probably part of our meeting. When we get back, we're going to hear a couple more ways to handle some Fibber whoppers. We'll be right back. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Feel like you're the martyr in your family. You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model. So that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt 
free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Welcome back to Solid Purgatory, where we're trying to figure out how to deal with these little fibber whoppers. <laughs> That's right. Another thing we, you can do, and this is like the more serious when it's like a chronic lying thing, is get to the root of it. Like what's going on? What's happening? Is your kid feeling overwhelmed, stressed out, anxious? What's going on around them? What's going on at school? What's going on at home? Just get to the root of it. That's that keeping perspective thing we were talking about in our last episode about rebuilding or building a strong bond with your kid. Yes. Especially when they're a little older and you might feel them pulling away or not opening up to you or being vulnerable. That's that same thing. Just take a step back because otherwise I know I react with emotion. And so it always helps me to keep perspective to take a step back and be like, oh, I need to look at the big picture, right? Like it's not just about this lie this kid has started dropping little small lies here and there. But you're right. If it's a pattern of behavior yeah, and it's become an issue, take that step back. Something else is going on. What's going on at school? Yeah. Also, last but definitely not least, reward the truth telling. <laughs> Again, it's the behavior versus keeping it separate from the child themselves, right? So acknowledging the positive behavior. Highlight the right. Highlight the right. I stole that from Big big Little Feelings. You know that great Instagram account. Highlight the right. So good. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Just like, you know, when they do or, you know, when D-Band comes out of the bathroom. Yes! Those are some clean hands. We love clean hands. No pee-pee, no glue, no marker on those clean hands. Yes. Or the, and, and also just I, I sort of with the big picture thing you were talking about, which I really love, which is setting up the expectations ahead of time for truth telling in your entire family, which I love. That's the other thing, too, is highlighting the right or thanking them for telling the truth in other situations, too. We had one recently where D-Man got into the car and I asked him something. I can't remember what it was. It was about he was having some big feelings, speaking of big feelings. And I asked him, you know, hey, what's going on? Or I, I can't remember what it was. And he said, not too much, but I do I do feel kind of tired. And I think he's, he mentioned very sort of lightly about feeling a little left out during something at school. And I reached back and I put my hand on his knee before we drove away. And I said, but I'm like, thank you for telling me that. Like, tell, thank you for telling me why, why you are behaving the way you did. It really helps me understand. And, and I, I've been there too. I've been there too. Yes. Yes. Um, and that's what they want to know. That's what they want to know. That is what they want to know. I find that Whenever I do have those conversations with my kids, maybe not the three-year-old, because guess what? She don't care. But with my six-year-old, it's the same thing. Like whenever we have these conversations where I'm like, yo, I get it. That's great. Reward truth-telling, whether it be, you know, this pattern of behavior of not wanting to wash his darn hands or <laughs> in other aspects of your life. Yeah, big picture stuff. Oh, I love that. So good. It's all normal. Like, yeah. Unless there's a chronic issue there with lying, get to the root of it. If it's beyond your power, seek, if you can, seek help from your pediatrician, get that medical attention for your kid. Oh, I was just going to piggyback on that, which is, and my dad was a child psychologist in schools. There are resources, if your kid's in school or preschool or whatever, reach out to their teachers, reach out to, there's so many resources that sometimes go unexplored. That could really help. That could really help. For sure. 
And it's normal. It's part of them building their little brains, learning how to empathize, learning social cues, all those things. It's completely normal. Just annoying sometimes. That's it. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully, yeah. And if it is a pattern of behavior, take a step back. Take a step back and see what else might be going on. Is there some stressors at school, at home? Sometimes we got to look inside our own homes to see what those stressors might be, what they're observing, what they are going through. Let me tell you something. When my son, two things. A, when he has to go number two. And B, when he has growing pains, we've talked about this. He is a size five waist and a size six pant leg. He just is shooting up like a string bean. And those growing pains are real. And it affects his whole body. And it affects things he says and how he reacts. His mood. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy, 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 boy. So there could be all kinds of things outside of it being intentional or they're trying to manipulate you or they're trying to get one over on you, which is an insecurity I think I apply to him sometimes where I go, does he think I'm dumb? You know, that kind of thing. Like, right. Oh, my son, he's a dumb one. Yeah, (laughs) he doesn't. He's not trying to be manipulative. He doesn't think I'm dumb. He's just seeing what he can get away with or he's trying to avoid punishment or he's trying to avoid something he doesn't want to do. It's all so human. It's so human. I mean, how many times have you had a mediocre meal and when they come over to check on it and all you've been doing for the previous nine minutes was complaining and they say, how's everything? And you go, fine. Oh, great. Great. Delicious. It's not too salty. I mean, mean. uh, (laughs) Can I get some more water? It's it's a delicate social experiment, this thing. It's tough. My biggest takeaways from this, which I cannot wait to do, is those truth checks. I love the idea of leaving it in his hands. To either, you know, in a very matter of fact way, the hand washing thing, I might, my truth check might be, I'm going to leave for two minutes. And when I come back, <laughs> I'm going to see if your hands are washed. <laughs> Give him an extra chance. And so just giving him a minute to sit with it. it may or may not be successful. I'll report back. <laughs> Thank you, Blair, for all these hot tips. Sure. Anita. It makes me feel better. And it also, like most things, just to hear again, you know, on this pod, I feel like it's a recurring theme of, you're not alone. And this is totally normal, right? So many things that we're dealing with are temporary, they're common, and they're not an indication that your kid has any deeper issues, usually. Mm -hmm. However, again, pattern of behavior, definitely seek out some help Mm -hmm. from your pediatrician or other people who can help you out, therapists or whatnot. You got this. Yeah, you got this. Thank you for being here. If you get a chance and could throw us a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts, we sure would appreciate it. Or drop us a line. We love getting notes. We love getting emails, tweets, and ticks and talk. We like them all. Thank you all for being here. We'll see you next time. Take it easy. Real truth alert. Pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were. But the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom and Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. 
Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts.